Big Red Revival. Welcome into the Big Red Revival Podcast, Season 4, Episode 7. Well, for the first time in 372 days, Nebraska gets its first Big Ten win and gets Mickey Joseph his first Big Ten win at homecoming against Indiana in a 35-21 victory Saturday night in Lincoln. Uh, Zach, you were uh, you were in attendance uh, at the game. Uh, I know, Obviously, I know it was kind of a big night, night game, homecoming. Um, you know, after the bye week, I think everybody kind of thought this was kind of Mickey's, you know, real first audition of becoming the head coach. And uh, the atmosphere seemed electric. You were in attendance. How would the game look and feel like uh, in person? Yeah, first off, happy uh, Victory Monday. Woo. We don't get to say that often. Hey, it's, it's been a while. It does feel good. It's been a while. It's like the birds are chirping a little bit louder. People are walking with a little extra pep in their step here in Lincoln. So it's it's uh, it's always a good thing to uh, to get get a win under your belt, especially under the circumstances we're in. But um, as far as the game goes, yeah, I mean, you, you can never really go wrong with a night game at Memorial Stadium. Um, you know, especially with kind of, you know, we – I think the bye week came at a good time where, you know, we we kind of almost felt that not quite as full of an excitement that we did with Oklahoma, but it was back a little bit. Um, and you kind of just had to think, well, hey, you know, we we've made another move. We've you know, we've you know got a couple weeks under our belt with this new staff. Right. So, you know, we might see something different. And I think we did. Um, the environment was awesome. You know, I think that there was really just a, a collective, um, you know, like sigh of relief uh, when we scored that that second touchdown in the fourth quarter that hey you know maybe maybe this isn't going to go how we've gotten used to it going um when you know you've your defense plays good in the second half shuts them out and and then you get two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to to really put them away and um you know to that point it was it, it's a it was a good feeling and kind of a foreign feeling to to leave that that stadium late in the fourth quarter knowing that the dub had already been secured um, it just, it, uh, it's, it's a feeling that, you know, I grew up with and you don't, you don't get it much anymore, but it was, it's, uh, it's always a, a sweet, sweet feeling to walk out of that building with a, with a win. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately they've been a uh, few and far between, but you know, uh, when they do, you know, it kind of just makes you savor it, it, uh, even more when they do come along. So, um, you know, I know kind of some people wanted to downplay it, uh, you know, it's all, oh, it's just Indiana and it's like. Hey man, at this point, you know, a win over a power five team, a win over a, a conference team, uh, is something something to be proud about. You know about this team, and you know the way they bounce back. And obviously, there's been so much turmoil in the season, losing you know your head coach, losing then your defensive coordinator, and you know just speaking of defensive coordinators, Bill Bush, uh, you know, you know Nebraska guy, uh, Wesley, an alum. Um, just really came in and you were kind of wondering how much, you know, a new uh, defense coordinator can make um, and such such a short period of time. You know, I mean, he basically had the 10 days and I think three of them, the first three days they were off. So, you know, you're kind of looking at uh, basically a week to maybe not install a new defense, but definitely get some new calls and, um, you know, maybe try out some new younger players, which we saw some new uh, guys get, uh, get some looks. Um, 
but just couldn't be any more impressed with Bill Bush. Um, he really came in and turned that defense. Um, like I said, it wasn't like Indiana was a juggernaut, but they weren't. They weren't. They're not a slouch though either. You know, the three and one. Uh, excuse me, coming in here had already beat a very good Illinois team. So this isn't just something you know um, that was a you know foregone conclusion that we were going to beat um, Indiana. So defense came out. Um, lots of tackling, good tackling. I think PFF said Nebraska only had uh, four missed tackles, which is six. Six. Okay. Yep. That's right. But we were averaging thirteen, almost fourteen yeah. a game yeah. up to this point. So yeah. And you could just tell they were just in the thing is they're just being a lot more physical. I mean, um, four sacks, two for Garrett Nelson, um, and you know a guy that we kind of or at least myself have given a hard time to Caleb Tanner. I don't know what his ended up stat line ended up being, but um, pressure wise, he was he was getting in there, causing some havoc. Um, he had a really good game. O'Shawn Mathis, I know we've kind of been waiting for him to have his breakout game and live up to all the hype. But, uh, you know, he was getting in there, getting some good QB pressure. And he kind of saw that affect the quarterback. Um, you know, Illinois was, I believe, 3 for 17 on third down. We call that the money down. Um, you know, a lot of people put, you know, on the stats in football, a lot of people put the emphasis on turnovers. I'm all about third down conversion. You know, can you get off the field and can you stay yep. on the field on offense? Um, third down conversion rate is always my number one stat. Um, so Nebraska held them to three for 17. I believe Nebraska was seven for 16. So we were able to stay on the field, sustain drives, and we were able to get off the field on third downs. And that happened with the pass rush. And and Indiana had a couple of drop passes, too, to help us out. But um, how many PBUs did we see while we are uh, during the game Saturday? I mean, for, for the, those of you who don't know, uh, a PBU is a pass breakup for the corners. So... Um, I swear our corners were all over these eight. guys. We had eight of them. We had eight of Man, them. Man, that's so that's pretty good. That's yeah. that's damn good. Um, you know, corners yeah. were up being physical with them. You saw the true freshman uh, Hartzog, I believe is the name, come in there. He is the one that ended up picking up the punt and returning it for the touchdown. Um, he came in and played a pretty decent game as a true freshman in a Big Ten game, haven't played yet this season, and stepped in and stepped up. Man, I mean, you know the. the the, you know, you can get exposure. You can get exposed when you get put in there. Um, so he got exposure. Yeah, I liked what I liked what Mickey said about him too. He goes, you know, he's an athlete. He's a football player. He's from uh, Mississippi, and this this moment, even as a youngster, wasn't too big for him. Yeah. So funny how you just put your athletes in the game and they they make a difference right away. Right, and more more to the point of like, hey, you just give somebody else. You, We've been losing, so you can we can lose with the guys that have already been out there. Let's let's give somebody else a look. Somebody else has had to earn some playing time in practice, and you give a young true freshman a look, and guess what? He steps up, make a couple, makes a couple plays for you. Um, you know, you saw a couple different substitutions across the offensive defense. The offensive line was uh, mixed up, or not mixed up, but uh, you know we jumbled in a couple new guys. I thought Brock Bando played a good game. Um, I think that um, um, Hickson played a pretty good game. And then, you know, we had the issue with uh, Turner Cochran. And for me... I, I don't have any issue with it. I, I, okay, that's where I was going. Um, I was going <laughs> to say, I don't know what it looked like in the stadium, but, um, you know, he got the first personal foul call for pulling guys off of his quarterback. That's what you're supposed to do as an offensive lineman. And, you know, we had talked about no dogs being on this team. And no, you know, just guys that, you know, you think might, you know, be willing to go, you know, after the whistle. And, you know, got a little physical. Somebody maybe smacks me in the head, you know. That's a penalty I'm going to take, especially because of what this offensive line has been. We've needed some of that, you know, nastiness. And, you know, you don't want to. 
it wasn't a cheap shot. Anybody that saw it, it was a little, little slap to the head. No big deal. Just, you know, just reminding him that you're there. So have zero issue with that penalty. Obviously got him. Uh, <laughs> obviously you're at the game. You didn't hear the, the announcer, but the announcer phrased it about as weird as you. He's, uh, and due to his actions, uh, number, uh, what the hell is this number? Um, um, 67 has disqualified himself from the game. Oh, I did hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> you, you definitely word that. Yeah, yes, yeah exactly. Right. Exactly. Disqualified himself from the game. So um, I was not disappointed in that at all. Um, I thought that offensive line played definitely better than they had. Um, you saw um, our favorite player, Ben Hart, um, you know, do Ben Hart things. Um you know this well and then you saw hunter anthony finally from oklahoma state that transfer he pushed yant into the into the end zone yeah. there gave him that extra little shot because yeah, yant was definitely so, uh, stopped short there um, i mean that's a big body that we haven't used and it's good to see him come and come in and do something i mean at least get a shot like you like you've been saying yeah exactly you want to see see what else is out there especially just due to the the poor play that we've seen so far um and then there there was uh you know casey thompson casey thompson had a uh an up and down game. Um, you know, I thought overall he played pretty decent. Um, but you know, we had the, obviously the big part where, uh, Chuba came in. I, I, one, when it happened, I thought it was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my life was to put in the backup quarterback down on the, the, uh, goal line. Um, and it panned out that way, you know, Ben Hart and, um, uh, running back mixed up, uh, blocking assignments, let somebody beat him across their face, get to the quarterback, sack and then Chuba, you know, added insult to injury and fumbled it, recovered for a touchdown to kind of get Indiana going. Um what was your thoughts on kind of what's your thoughts on Chuba, I guess just going well, forward or uh, what you've seen from him? I, I heard I've heard all the uh the the audio quotes from the players and coaches and stuff and it sounds like what happened there was um Leading up to, I mean, obviously Casey Thompson, he said today that he's been dealing with a bunch of injuries and one of them is, or a couple of them are kind of limiting, limiting his, um, his, uh, you know, scrambling abilities. And um, what led up to this was, you know, one taking, taking a sack um, before that, but then like he held on the ball too long he was. and he came back to the, he came back to the sideline and it was either him and Whipple or him and, uh, Mickey, uh, I miss so much, you know, when you're, you miss so much when you're at the game right. as opposed to not seeing on TV, yeah. but apparently he, he went through his progressions as is, but there was a pre-snap read yep. where he should have immediately just gone backside to Palmer on a, on a, he on a backside open. post or a post uh, corner. And so they, they were kind of barking at each other there. And then another element is that you saw him like taping his wrist too. Yep. So there might have been some something um, being done there, but um, and then Casey Thompson spoke today uh, to the media and said that you know he's he's been pretty banged up and um, and he actually had a conversation with Mickey going into it saying, hey M Mickey said hey I, I might have to you know go to somebody else you know just to keep you keep you fresh right. because he, I think they anticipated a very long game which it was and there was a lot of snaps in that game I mean we we had over eighty offensive snaps just us alone. Um, but, uh, I think there was a lot of contributing factors, but what I love is Casey, Th I, and I'm going to put my hand up now and say I was wrong about the character of Casey Thompson going into this year. Um, I, I, well, we, you I know just, what, what we heard, I took know. a first impression from the spring game and you know, he, that, that dude actually is a, 
complete opposite of what I thought he was personally. And so my bad on that. Um, but he said he went up to Mickey and was like, I don't want you to take me out of this game. If I, if, as long as I don't have a season ending injury, I'm going to be right. playing. And you got to love that out of your quarterback. That sets a good example for the rest of the offense and the whole team. Um, but I think there was a lot of con- like a, mo- a lot of moving parts with that decision. I don't like it either. I mean, especially when you're kind of backed up. Right. If you're midfield and you want to try and run your backup quarterback because he's obviously more mobile, right. fine, experiment a little bit. But at the same time, like didn't put him in the Casey best Thompson patient. wasn't ha- Casey Thompson wasn't struggling enough struggling enough to be pulled from the game. Well, so okay, so F. Let me go ahead and full circle this. So Chubba Purdy, um, so far what I've seen, um, you know, he, he doesn't seem to be the guy. Um, he's not as good a passer as Casey, and he's definitely not as good a runner as Logan. So um, I think if if and when we do uh, change of pace quarterback, it should be Logan. Logan's an actual burner yeah. in his plate. It's not like he's just some guy that had – he started the Iowa game last year, looked more than, you know, uh, uh, more than able to get out there and play. Mm-hmm. Um, so – what Mickey I heard said after the game was that uh, you know Casey uh, was uh, holding the ball too long and then he needed to come out and see see the game from the sideline. So he pulled him for performance. Which one? Let me just say I love that that because you know if this was Frost, Frost would have made up. Well, we had a package going in the game for Chuba and we wanted to get no. He said Casey wasn't performing and he needed to come see the game from the sidelines. And he said, hey, Osborne used to do that to us, and sometimes you got to come see it from the sidelines, see what the defense is trying to do from you, and just kind of regroup, you know. And it, and that's – I just love the honesty. And, you know, he doesn't treat you like, you know, he's smarter than everybody else. He just told you, hey, this is what happened. He was struggling, so we put in we put in the backup. Just give us give a yep. different look. Um, yeah, and I think it helps, too, that they, they do have a relationship that dates back yeah. to before Nebraska. And at the same time, to that point, too um, – uh, Casey made a little comment today um, to the media saying, you know, he'd rather be coached up hard and rather yeah. be, you know, disciplined to an extent um, rather than being just kind of let on, let on your own and, and just not and overlooking whatever behavior it was. Right. And, I, and I think that might have been a little subtle dig to the to the previous leadership. Yeah. But yeah. And, and and then to your point, too, even whether you're not, you agree with a Corcoran um <laughs> eliminating himself from the game um <laughs> yeah uh you whether or not it was like a way to like stand up for your teammate you saw mickey joseph chewing his ass when he got off yeah. the sideline too I mean, and that's he you, he said it be going into the ear he goes i rule with an iron fist yeah. and you know he's living up to every bit of that 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 comment yeah and that's what i wanted to talk about next i obviously you're at the game so you, i don't know if, what you got to see or not but uh yeah cochran took an ass chewing a real good ass chewing from mickey and casey took a real good ass chewing from uh from mick or from um Whipple and uh, Mickey. Yeah. And you know what I loved about it was so when Cochran got his, you know, got his penalty, got kicked out of the game, he stood there, looked his coach in the eyes, Mickey ripped him a new asshole, and he st- stood there and stared him in the eyes, took his ass chewing, and when he's done, he moved on. And the same thing happened with Casey Thompson. He came over, Whipple chewed his ass out, Mickey got on him, he took it, looked him in the eyes, and moved on. And you know what that tells me is that they respect their coach. You know, that you don't when someone's getting on you like that and you just, you know, dog cussing you out, you know, and, you know, you tend to maybe if you don't respect them, you may just try to walk away or look down or, you know, just like eh, whatever the fuck. Both of them eye contact maintained the entire time. 
took their ass chewing and moved on. And that tells me yeah. that they, they respect their coaches and, you know, respect what they're saying. So I really loved that. One, they got their ass chewed. Two, took it like a man. And three, told me that they had respect for their coaches. And mm-hmm. so it just kind of just tells you what the team thinks of the people in charge. So, um, and, and sometimes you need your ass chewed, you know? Yeah. On top of that, too, it just shows that there's clear-cut expectations from from the top guy, right. you know? When, when this isn't a surprise to you and you can take it and then and move forward and it didn't it didn't hurt us you know I mean it, it didn't change the the way that Casey Thompson played because he still came back and right. had some great plays after after all of that happened and and so it just shows that maybe you know, you know like you said there's a respect level but there's also kind of that professionalism within like these older guys that we brought in that like this isn't their first time facing adversity in a, in a, in a game like this. They, they've, they've been there, they've done that and they know how to take that coaching and move forward in a positive way. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to back onto this, uh, um, you know, the accountability, um, you know, we saw uh, Ben Hart, you know, do his normal shit and he got pulled out of the game. Um, you like to see that um, Tommy Hill last week, uh, two weeks ago, excuse me, pulled out of the game. And then this week, you know what, guess what we see out of him? We see him on special teams. And when I look over to the sidelines, when um, the freshman that took his spot is out there making plays, he's the first one congratulating him, fucking, you know, just giving him props and being being involved in the game. He's not sitting over the sidelines pouting and shit. And it just, it tells you all you need to know about the coaching staff that, you know, they respect the guys in charge and they they understand why why things are happening and they're being held accountable and you know so i think just just seeing the body language of the team and how they respond to situations just i, I don't know i mean you know i said that this could, you know this is basically step 1 in the interview process for mickey and this was a, a hell of an interview um, obviously you saw his boss in the locker room after the game um, that was sweet that was a pretty special moment there um, mm-hmm. what do you think about you know the Trev as the AD. I mean, I just I I can't think any more highly of him than I already do. I mean, the guy clearly is just bought in, super passionate about the the program, the fans, and the team, and the players. You know, he was just like, guys, I just want to thank you for going out there and representing us in such a positive fashion, and you know, all this turmoil that's happened. Like, I just can't thank you guys enough for you know responding and representing us in that fashion. It was just like. Just you know, it, it just lets you know yeah. we've got the right guy in charge. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He's he's got an A plus grade from me so far. I mean, he's not come into the best situation necessarily, but he's handled it like a complete professional. He knows when to say, when to uh, you know step in and when not to. He knows the right things to say. He knows you know how long of a leash each person that works for him needs, and you know he he allows that you know that that distance, but also. He has to be, you know, the leader of the athletic department because that's what he is. And so I think it was a really important thing, you know, for recruiting, for this team, for this program, for the the whole state, really. Yeah. And that he went in and, and said what he said, because that 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 unifies everybody. It, it, it You know, there's been all this, you know, like you said, turmoil and all this turnover all of a sudden and all of this, like, just negativity just hovering over right. the program and. To, to have the leader of the athletic department come in and make an inspired speech like that and give credit where it's due for a guy that came in into a, a tough situation and, and did something 
that quite honestly Frost couldn't do, and it's win a close game and put it away and not have to look back, which he did in the fourth quarter. And so, right. um, and another thing that I, I really appreciate, and it, and I, 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 we can probably get into it with Mickey Joseph, but, um, you know, do you remember what he pointed out against Oklahoma? Um, he goes, this is on me because why? Because uh, they should have slowed the game down and ran the ball more. We owned 11 minutes of time of possession in the fourth quarter. Yep. I mean, so that just shows me he understands where his mistake lied. He made the correct adjustment and he coached a football game and coached his team to a victory. And it's like, where is this been? Yeah. And that's, and that's, I what mean, you this guy do. is only second, second game as a head coach. Yep. And that's what you got to do to a high powered offense is, you know, the team, Indiana is a team that wants to run a play every, you know, 15 seconds. So when you slow them down and you're able to force them to three and outs, and they said they were snapping the ball at, you know, between 10 and 15 uh, seconds on the play clock, just grinding it out, um, you know. Anthony Grant had 32 carries this game. I mean, we got ourselves a bell that, I mean, that's what Nebraska fans have been clamoring for. I mean, uh, 32 carries, and I think the the mix was just right. Obviously, you had your RB one, Anthony Grant, in 32 carries, and then you had um, um, Gabe, Gabe Irvin. Irvin coming in there. I believe he got eight carries, and then Yant came six. in for six or uh, yep. for two carries there on the goal line. Yep. Um, so that's the kind of the running back ratio you're looking for a bell cow, another guy to come in and spell him when he needs a breather, give a little, you know, they're not necessarily change of pace, but Gabe Irvin's more of a uh, straight downhill guy. Uh, Anthony Grant's kind of a, a shifty, but also a f- physical as all hell runner. I mean, yeah. um, and then you got Yant, the big, the big hitter uh, down there. So um, it's, it, it, it just, that's the kind of the rotation that everybody's been looking for in the amount of carries, uh, the, uh, Anthony Grant had 32 carries. I don't remember the last time uh, Nebraska running backs got in 32 carries, but it's been quite some time. Um, and then, spelling that, Trey Palmer. We've got a guy. We've, we've got a guy, ladies and gentlemen. We, we've got a dude. So, uh, Trey Palmer's on track to break every uh, Nebraska wide receiving record this season. Um, just when you needed a big play, he was there to deliver. I mean, obviously, the big uh, was 50, 60 yard touchdown. Um, 71 was it yes yeah it was yeah 71 over the top just a beautifully thrown ball yeah i mean dropped dropped it on him um there in the third quarter to fourth quarter excuse me early in the fourth quarter to take the the lead the 28 to 35 lead uh and then you know clutch catches throughout the one he picked up off the ground basically Mm -hmm. um just just a good just a stud back there and then and then guess what he went back and got us some uh yards uh, on the punt return Tell me, yeah, when's the last time we got some uh, return yards on a punt return? Uh, So Trey Palmer has been uh, everything we've expected and everything, you know, I will admit I had my doubts, you know, because obviously his stats at LSU weren't, uh, you know, overwhelming. But, you know, he was sitting behind some dudes. (laughs) There were some some dudes at LSU. He was sitting behind. It wasn't like he was sitting behind, uh, you know, fucking Brody Belts. And uh, why do we have Trey Palmer here? Uh, That'd be Mickey. Yep. So, uh, yeah. And to your point on the punt returns, too, I mean, back to Bill Bush and what he kind of set up for whoever took over. I, I could tell you the name of the person, but special teams, man. How improved. Man. Like, the reason that we never felt the punter's like name? it was really in doubt. Uh, yeah. Pennon, guys. I'd, I'd like to shake that hand's man, or that man's hand. Yeah. 
Um, but we won the field possession battle. Yep. I mean, we we punted it to them, and they pulled a Nebraska and fair caught it on the five. We pinned them down where we got them a three and out to punt it back to us. Um, not to mention, you know, the the blocked punt for a touchdown. Um, you know, I, it's all why two, our uh, two special teams coordinators calling our defense too. You know, yeah, <laughs> two block punts in three games or whatever it's been. Or yeah, and so it's um, it's it's exciting to just have these like these normal things that have always been in place for Nebraska kind of back a little bit. You know, you don't have to worry as much. We didn't have to kick a field goal, but we made all our extra points. I mean, that's more than we could say for most games last year too. And. Um, and, you know, we're getting punt returns. We're punting it well. Um, kickoffs are going through the end zone. Um, you know, we, we, we have, you know, our, our good athletes on special teams making plays for us. Like, it's just, you know, it it's, seems like simple things, but it just, it was like a foreign language to, to Frost to, to pay any attention to this. Right. And so just in the matter of two weeks of him, Incredible. you know, de- him eliminating himself from the game, um, he uh, we've we've just kind of turned things around. And what? And in addition to the special teams, offensive, offensively, I think we just came out with an actual identity. We came out with a game plan and didn't stray away from it. We 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 decided to run the ball, and look at this: thirty-two carries for Anthony Grant. I mean, fifty-one total carries for one hundred and seventy-two yards. I mean that the average gets brought down because Casey Thompson had a net negative 32, but, um, Grant, and then Grant was over the ball 40, 47 four and a half yards of carry. So your heavy hitter was over four yards of carry. So that's what you like to see. Yes. And our top three rushers on the team, all average over five yards per carry. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's beautiful to see you know, back to over to the, just, I guess, to tackle a little bit more on the run game, you know, nothing helps out your offensive line, like running the ball, you know, even if it's just for a couple yards, you know, a carry. It's just one given the the defense letting them know that you will run the ball and you will run the ball consistently um, helps out. Um, and then on the defense side of the ball, um, the linebackers just super improved. Um, you know, obviously Reimer had a game like what we've seen him do last year, um, just a tackling machine. And obviously that big hit he put on the wide receiver that uh, I don't know if that was the game changing play, but uh, that was a tone setter. Um, so, it's a little Levante David, David ish. Yeah, yeah, he uh, <laughs> just ripping the ball from him. Yeah, exactly. So um, Ty Robinson had a good game. Um, Colton Feast, uh, you know, it's first time I've said his name this season. You know, for making some plays. So defensive line played good. Uh, obviously, the penalties were a fucking joke um, on both sides. Like those referees yeah. were absolutely horrendous. Uh, you know, Mickey said after the game, you know, when you want to play physical and get up and play bump and run, like you're, you're going to get some more penalties. But, uh, you know, that in it was terrible pen, penalties on both sides. It was on them, on us. It was just those referees were absolute dog shit. Um, but, you know, that's you're going to get some more penalties when you want to play aggressive. You're going to get a couple more, mm-hmm. you know, pass interference. You're going to get a couple more, you know, uh, defensive holding calls. And those are the kind of calls you can live with, uh, you know, Defense playing physical, and so um, really love to see that out of them. So, um, but I think they have yeah, fifteen we, we penalties. Said a la- so we we said it last week too. It's like get penalties as long as you're going hard, you know. And exactly, it's I, not, I mean, as long was, as it's not pre-snap penalties and you know bonehead yeah, shit. Yeah, like it's I, not right. I mean, there, there wasn't like a ton. Of, I mean, there was probably a record amount of. Um, uh, 
intentional grounding. I mean, <laughs> my God. Like, yeah. And the one on us and the one on them were both horrendous. Yeah. And I don't know. There was, there was a couple, you know, holding on the defense calls. The Alante Brown one kind of was a, was a tough one yep. just because we had it kind of set up and all he had to do was really get in the way. Yeah. But, you know, and, and then like, you know, Tur- Turner Cor- Corcoran got the two in a row, right. you know, <laughs> two back, plays back, in a row. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Eliminated himself from the game. Well, but, you know, yeah, you know, last week, uh, you know, I kind of took a different approach after the Oklahoma loss, um, you know, and kind of just laid out there that, you know, all of Nebraska's uh, season goals were still alive. Um, you know, as bad as we had played, the bad as we had looked that, you know, all of the season goals are still alive because obviously no one in their right mind had Nebraska paid as national champs. The goal was to win the Big Ten West. That was a season goal. Um, and, you know, Sunday morning you wake up and Nebraska's in first place of the Big Ten West. And believe it or not, uh, you know, tied with a bunch of other bums, apparently. But uh, uh, Nebraska, you know, one and one in conference, you know, got a game against Rutgers um, coming up on Friday night. And I mean, I don't I don't think I don't I don't know. I mean, anything's possible. This Big Ten West is uh, is a mess. I mean, Wisconsin suddenly just fired up and fired their coach, which was absolutely shocking uh, to me. They polinied him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. Oh, I didn't see that coming, but I think that's more they wanted to hold on to Jim Leonard. And they're like, oh, oh yeah. two losses in a row, that's it, you know. Because, um, yeah, he had this – I believe someone put the thing out there that – I think he had the exact same record as Bo Pelini did at Nebraska. It was one game off. Was it? Oh, yeah, he had one 26 and 27 and losses, yep. One game off of the whole <laughs> – Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's you, guys, crazy. you guys didn't learn from what, what, what happened to yeah, us, man. I mean, I mean, we're right down the road, guys. <laughs> yeah, so – We get made fun of on the on the daily. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? So Nebraska finds itself in first place of uh, the division tied with obviously six other teams. But uh, first place is first place. And, you know, like I said, as bad as we've played, all the season goals are still on the table. Um, and then you've got a, you know, what you would like to think is a winnable game coming up here at Rutgers on Friday night. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I was kind of shocked Wisconsin, or not Wisconsin, Minnesota lost this weekend uh, because they definitely, the previous four weeks, had definitely looked like a team that uh, was on a tear. So um, it's just kind of, uh, it's, you know, it's up in there. No one's no one's separated themselves in the West, and uh, every game at least looks uh, manageable to win ex- outside of maybe the uh, Michigan game to come. So, um, it's uh, what, what's kind of your thoughts of where we're at right now? What uh, the outlook for the season is with uh, Nebraska being where they're at? I mean, when we lost to Georgia Southern, I, I took my my jug of uh, Kool Aid and I dumped it into the garbage disposal. Right. But Sunday morning, I was back to Hy-Vee buying buying a new pack <laughs> to to make a new batch. So yeah, um, I'm not I'm not ready quite quite that yet. Uh, just to see, I want to see what we do Friday. Um, if we can come out and and kind of show the same type of heart and show that we we do have a true identity and we can put a game plan together and we can kind of take those take those punches like we did in the second quarter against Indiana and, and respond. Um, if we can see that two weeks in a row, then, you know, I'll, I might believe a little bit more, but, you know, I just, I was thinking about it. And, you know, when you, when you look at all the scenarios and what we thought we had coming into the year, it's like, if we were just a semi-coherent football team, right. we, we would just be riding high right now. Yep. We would, it would be ours to lose. Um, and it technically still is, but you know, we're, we're not really in the same position that I thought we would be in at this point, especially if you were to show me 
not Nebraska's record, but everyone else's in the West record right now in August, I'd, I'd feel pretty good. But yep. um, I think that, you know, like you said, it is a winnable game. I, I looked through all of the remaining games on ESPN and the FBI um, doesn't have us winning another one. Really? They don't um, have we us have winning this weekend, huh? No, no, it's it's close. I see we're three-point favorites one. this weekend. Yeah, yeah, I just don't. But, I mean, we finally covered on, on Saturday. Oh, shocking. I... I just, you know, I think we, I think we have the talent and, you know, I just, we need to continue. And I, I love how Mickey says we got to continue to stack days because that is exactly right. I mean, I feel like Frost would always say we had, we had the, a great day of practice today and he would just kind of like hang his hat on that. And, and then he would cut and then obviously he and everybody else would let up on it. But Mickey Joseph is wanting to have a good day and then just build upon that to have a better one the next day. Right. And I think that's a, it's it's obviously a a message that's being circulated throughout the program because every other play, player says it when they're getting um, interviewed by the media, too. And I and it's a good mindset to have. And so um I don't know. I mean, if we can come out and we can beat Rutgers, uh, you know, I, I, I think Purdue, you know, it, they're always going to be Purdue right. to me. <laughs> I mean, I'm never going to exactly. worry too much about them, but um, I think, I think they're a beatable team too. And then, you know, obviously all of a sudden all we have is the remaining West teams outside of Northwestern and then, and then Michigan, which that, that could be ugly, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the uh, the slate goes. But I I am more optimistic by far right now than I was, um, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And I think I think that if we keep building upon the success we had Saturday and use the the mindset and mentality that the players seem to have and the coaching staff is obviously instilling in them, um, we could put ourselves in a good spot to, you know possibly make a bowl game yeah because i i mean we have we have that that those three guys on offense that you need and it's casey thompson trey palmer and anthony grant we have our burner at receiver we have our bell cow at running back and we have our leader at, at quarterback right. who doesn't want to come out of the game and wants to put his body on the line yeah, and the guy needs to learn how you know, to fall you, every time <laughs> casey gets tackled it always looks like it's the fucking first time he's ever been tackled. It, yes, he just falls know, so and awkwardly, and it's like, oh, yeah, and he shit, lays is he there right? for a minute. It's like, dude, you got to be the first one up <laughs> to be the quarterback. But um, what I what I do respect or like about Casey Thompson is you never feel like he's really going to have that that blow up moment at the end of a game like like he we've felt for so long. Right. Well, he, uh, yeah. unfortunately, that dude that used to be have the blow up moments. Uh, He's trying to play himself in the Heisman conversation. Um, he is the third, <laughs> according to Vegas right now, third most likely odds-wise to win the Heisman <laughs> at this current oh moment. At plus, um, plus, what do you think he is? Well, if he's third, he's got to be, you know, like plus 275 or something, plus 330. No, 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 no. It's it's 1,500. But is That's the third? Well, I guess Stroud and fucking what's-his-name probably have separated yeah. themselves. Yeah, um, but... It's it's the third or fourth, yeah. but it's, I mean he's it's had like, nine touchdowns in the last two weeks, so I I'm I'm happy for I've him. Watched, and you know I've what? watched every play. Cade now. Warner is also a big part of that too. That guy is always has his fingerprints on any Martinez play. Yep, yep. that's I've right watched more Cade State games than I ever have this year. Yeah, I've I've watched every game outside of unfortunately the one they lost, the Tulane game, because I thought it was going to be a yeah. nice simple 
simple one, but no, Adrian's looked well, um, and you know. So is the state of Kansas. God damn, man! Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's crazy. Game day is at Kansas this week. I mean, this it could just Wait, be, we haven't it seen could this just be one of those like seasons. It could just be one of those seasons. I mean, Georgia. Georgia should have got beat this weekend. Um, you know, Missouri was beating Georgia from the starting whistle up until three minutes left in the game. Um, but uh, yeah, it could be one of those 2007, you know, seasons where you see, what do you saw Missouri and Kansas number one versus number two at Arrowhead USF. Yep, and USF too. Yep. So uh, no, the Big Ten West is wide open, uh, and you know we've I've said it for forever. You know, you just need to see one go through the hoop, and now that you've seen one go through the hoop, and it's against an actual Big Ten team, an actual serviceable team like Indiana's no joke. They're probably going to a ball game this year. Um, so just kind of seeing that and then also getting that monkey off your back of winning one in the fourth quarter. This game is tied up going into the fourth quarter. Nebraska was able to ball control 11 plus minutes of, uh, of possession of 15 minutes in the fourth quarter, run the ball when you needed to run the ball, hit a big play when you needed to hit a big play. Uh, just things that Nebraska historically hasn't been able to do, you know, fourth quarter crunch time and a close ball game is usually, you know, losing time for Nebraska when Nebraska finds a way to, you know, make the big mistake, you know, make the big turnover and fumble away a loss, you know. Um, and so this this last weekend where Nebraska was actually able to, you know, do the opposite, take control of the game in the fourth quarter and pull one out, you hope, you know, you could piggyback on that. And, you know, in college football, there's there's Uncle Mo. Um, Uncle Mo is a momentum, and it's he's he's a hell of a player. Um, and Nebraska has them on the sidelines now, and they're believing. Rutgers is coming off ass beaten by Ohio State, so they're probably a little beat up. Um, so it's it's uh, it's a big game Friday. It's gonna you know I said before the se- or not before the season, but when Mickey took over that he needed to win three of eight uh, the f- last games and look competitive in the other ones to you know have a legitimate shot to get this job. Um, so he's got one under his belt um, and looked good. Um, so I'm excited to see, you know, how this pans out. It was just kind of a, just a different vibe. This, I don't know, after the game and waking up Sunday after on after a win. It just, I don't know, man. It just, you know, it just really puts you in a better mood, honestly. You know, it's just exciting. It it's just exciting. It wasn't over, you know, McNeese State or, you know, somebody. It's like, no, it beat a, 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 t- a, big, t- Three and one team. a big 10 team with a winning record. So, and, and art and who, has a win over arguably the hottest team right now. The most impressive Big Ten West team yep, right Illinois. now. Illinois. In Illinois. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't, I'm, uh, I'm pumped to see how this plays out. Uh, you know, and it's just excited for Mickey, excited for Trev too. You know, Trev's taken over at just a fucking dumpster fire. Um, and, uh, you know, so just good to see, you know, good people win. So, um, Zach, what, uh, what else do you got, man? Um, well, I, I think it's a, it's a realistic um, possibility that we see a 3,000-yard passer, a 1,000-yard rusher, and a 1,000-yard receiver this year with this roster. And, and you know, it that's exciting. Yeah. And, and what's more exciting is, you know, you hate to put, you know, um, anything, you know, but it's – Anthony Grant and Trey Palmer could be back for two more years. Casey's only a junior also. I know. he. We might have him for one more year, but we'll see. Um, and, you know, I don't know where he'd go. Yeah. But, um, well, you know how fucking it's, kids are. It's exciting. 
Yeah, I know. But it, it's exciting to see, you know, just having this three-headed monster on offense. And then you got Vokalek and you got, you know, what seems to be an improving offensive line. And, right. I, and, and the one you know, thing you know, the anything. one thing you know. Oliver Martin had a great game, too. We always know. Well, you know, you saw all the metrics, the shit they do preseason. Oliver Martin is apparently the most athletic guy on the fucking team, according to the metrics, which is. Well, he's. He's, he's caught in three touchdowns athletic, for three different Big he, Ten teams. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got a uh, touchdown. Nick at- Nick and Bo said he finally got his name or his face removed from the milk carton. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> he caught a touchdown at Michigan. He caught a touchdown at Iowa, and he's caught one at Nebraska. So he's, that's got to be an elite company. Um, I'm not yeah, sure how that- many people have three Big Ten touchdowns for three different programs, uh, but that's uh, those yeah. are the times we live in where uh, that's that's people are capable of doing that apparently. Because beforehand yeah. you had to sit out two years to transfer in conference, so mm-hmm. he'd be 37. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, he'd be as old as Tyjon Lindsay over oh Oregon my State. Goodness. Uh, anything else caught your eye around uh, college football? Uh, God, let's see. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think there's there's a lot of disparity. You know, jo- we thought Georgia was head and, head and shoulders better than everybody, yep. and they show that they're they're human. Um, don't look now, Ohio Clemson. State. Clemson looks like they could be. Uh, Clemson's kind of kind of coming out of their little funk that they went through a little bit last year. And that DJ, you could see he's just a different guy than he was last year. He's he's pretty exciting. Um, have you watched yeah, USC at all? I mean, USC. Huh? I was just about to say, have you watched USC at all? USC and UCLA are both five and zero. Yeah, five and zero. Yeah, and and who's getting them? Yeah, exactly. The exactly. Fucking. Uh, I saw a tweet. I saw a I tweet that went out. The Pac-10 I, has. <laughs> no, yeah. nope. I'm talking about a different one. What would you say? The, the Pac-10 has eliminated themselves from the playoffs because I don't know who who lost, but yeah. everyone was like questioning it, and they're like, "Oh, okay, I get yeah. it now." Because UCLA. Well, I, and USC. I saw one that said uh, every uh, every big. 12 matchup this weekend has a ranked team except for Texas, Oklahoma, the game. <laughs> so the two teams going to the SEC are the only, is the only game of non ranked opponents in the fucking Big 12 this weekend. So, man, what happened to <laughs> Oklahoma? Dude, oh man, like, did we wear them down that bad okay, in the when, fourth quarter of our game? And uh, when I saw that score, you know, they were the 11 a.m. game, they gave up like 21, 24 in the first quarter. And I go, maybe, maybe Oklahoma sucks and Nebraska is the worst team in the country, maybe, you know, like, but I don't know if they just, uh, you know, put all their, put all their eggs and beat Nebraska, but they're at the bottom of the big 12 right now. Um, so they don't look great. And Texas, you know, they get Ewers back this weekend. So I like Texas to go ahead and beat them. That drops them to 0-3 in the conference. Um, so that's, it's, yeah, it's uh, crazy out there. So, um, that's about it. Um, One more thing: um, condolences to the to Polini, to the Polini family. Yes. Uh, Mark Polini passed away. Um, that sucks. Um, Looks like it was a car accident. Car accident yep. And yeah, he was a former center for Nebraska, nephew of Bo, and obviously you never want to see that. So gotta gotta you know pour one out for him. Definitely condolences to the Polini family and everybody. Um, so that's it. I mean, it was kind of weird just, you know, talking positive shit all day. You know, I kind of, yeah. you know, should I feel like I'm not crit- angry enough yeah, to, should to I criticize somebody. I mean, <laughs> you know, who needs an ass ripping today? You know, so uh, I know I said when Frost got fired, it was like they're stealing all our content by firing him. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't know how to do these ones. You just talk about the positives yeah. and maybe good positive things to happen in the future. It's, it's weird. 
So well, what else? What else you got, Taylor? What's what's on the well, what's on the horizon for you? Well, that potentially well, didn't allow us to record tonight. Yes, uh, wife uh, believes she might be having some contractions, so I might be having a boy tonight. If well, last time we went and got B dubs, B dubs got to, got the baby out. So I'm heading to go pick up B dubs and turn on my 49ers, and then hopefully uh, my boy coming here soon. So we'll see. But yes, uh, it's uh, we're at it any day, any moment now for uh, you know my son to be here. So obviously excited about that. So well, I hope you're excited about taking a, a fantasy L because I don't think no, that what, I'm only 39. Debo's gonna do it. I got kept. Uh, Kittle, Debo, and the 49ers defense. I only need 39 points. So, yeah. Uh, and not to mention, my 49ers win, need this win bad. So, <laughs> uh, you know, we've won five of seven fucking from uh, the Rams. You know, beat them both times in the regular season last year. So, we've, we've had their number historically. And last year, this is the game that everything changed. We were struggling to start the season and then whipped up on the Rams and then went on a nice little tear all the way to the NFC Championship. So, um, I expect my yeah. boy Jimmy G to do what he does and fucking find a way to win. So um, excited for that uh, Monday Night Football, yeah. and uh, that's it. But uh, you know, go Big Red uh, Friday Friday game. I believe it's a six o'clock kickoff. So you know, FS one. Yep. Let's 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 stack those wins. Now. Yep. We're stacking days. Stacking stack days. Wins. Stacking wins. So two in a row, baby. Yep. Two in a row is a winning streak. It has <laughs> happened before. Yep. So uh, we'll till next time. Go Big Red, and let's get this win on Friday. GBR. This is the Big Red Revival.